I am Consciously Curious, a podcast for those that are searching for a career or are cultivating meaning within their own space. We've had anesthesia providers to barbers, dog behaviors to airline pilots, white collar to blue collar, entrepreneurs to passion projects. Life's too short to not produce meaningful work. Join me, Victor Chan, as we deep dive within various industries. I'd love to hear your feedback, so feel free to leave a comment. I hope you find some value within these conversations, but more importantly, I hope it sparks a meaning within your own space. Our next guest had a very tumultuous upbringing. He was forced to grow up very quickly. From the moment I met him, I was curious about his ability to bounce from one job to another effortlessly. In this episode, he shares his complicated relationship with his mom as well as where he gets a sense of fulfillment from. Please enjoy my conversation with Genesis Malari. Baby girl, we're gonna go on a journey. That's that's what I'm just excited. Well, I'm, to... I'm, cheers to that. Cheers, che- bitch. Cheers, cheers, yes. cheers to that. Clink. Uh, yeah. mm. Also, I must know. In terms of censorship, no, there's no censorship. G. Uh, let's go. N C seven. We're we're pretty R rated. R rated. Yeah. Okay. You said. <laughs> Get ready. Uh, well, that, that being said, <laughs> that being said, Genesis, welcome Parental to the- Parental advisory for you bitches watching yeah. at home. <laughs> you okay? bitches watching. Hide the wife. Hide the kids. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Put them to bed. Buddy, welcome welcome to the show. Hi. It's it's an honor. Well, Do you think this would happen one day when we first met? And for, to bring context, we met through Justine. We met right? through Justine and- I, I do, I feel like I remember like the, some of the first couple of days meeting you and like, I would love to be on your show. And I think oh. at, at the time you're, it was like, okay, but you had a lot of other guests and a lot of other plans. Yeah. Also, you didn't really know me. I was just like, no. hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. Um, I would like to be on your show. Cause I, I know, I know Justine did some research before we started dating and like yeah. just dug deep into some episodes and I'm sure she, we watched Share a few. That. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah. okay. During during like the preliminary stages, like I met this podcaster. I was like, who? And then <laughs> <laughs> I don't know her. And then we, I th- we we definitely did like a. I don't want to say we binged, but we found you on YouTube. Mm. And I just remember like I was sitting on my couch. She had like a inflatable mattress. Mm, this mm. was our setup. Good during. times. This was our bubble, yeah, right? Yeah, and so yeah. she was just like sprawled out on the floor and we're like we're watching you um on on the TV and then she's she was like, Yeah, I'm seeing this guy. And I'm like, You're seeing this guy? Okay, period. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. So that was my like introduction okay. to you. All right, all right. Well and what was your what were your first impressions? Definitely like, okay, this this person seems pretty legit. Mm. Okay, he he has a podcast. He own like he is a he's in the healthcare field, mm. and then of course Justine being Justine, she's like, but this other guy though, and I'm like, okay, Good for her playing the field. Well, I get playing the field, but it's like, okay, play the field, but now we're making decisions now. Like mm. you're gonna you're gonna put this man at like group three, mm. like your group one. Oh, I appreciate babe. that. Uh, that well, see, and now you're here. Like that's why now right? we are here. Now we are here exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, playing the field, I get it. And I, I mean, in her episode too, she mentions she mentions that she felt like 
well, I don't know if this person's going to have time for me. And I know quality time is super important to her. So I think it was just that vetting process. Mm. You win, bitch. I won. (laughs) We're winning. We are winning. I win. So we, uh, Genesis at the time uh, was Justine's filter. Uh, So we had to definitely meet. We had dinner together. And uh, my first impression of Genesis uh, was someone who values their time and space and uh boundaries as well as like being unapologetically you and yourself um and i want to go into like what were some formative moments that led to that Mm -hmm. but another part of this conversation that we're going to have today is you're currently in a transition space yeah you've you've held a variety of different roles within retail and hospitality Mm -hmm. um and you know what you want to cultivate for the next chapter. But the quote, um, and hopefully this next quote makes us go even more viral than the last three weeks um, have. But this this quote is uh, is from Wendell Berry, who's like a, a poet as well as a, like an agriculturist or a farmer. And he's written over 40 books about traditional roles in America and how mm. in- industrialization is removing us from traditional rules fucking up all our shit um so this is uh, a piece from a larger quote it's called uh it goes between the place we are and the rewarding place we never expected to be lives the place we don't want to be and it's important that we stay there a while live the unease and inhabit our resistance Mm. And unease the resistance. The unease of the resistance and embracing that. Yeah. But at the same time, Genesis, I, I don't I don't get that from you. You're you're in this transition phase phase and you're you're very graceful about it. Yeah. <laughs> you're looking at it as, as yeah. I think you said it the other day, as a rest period. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's it's important. So um the trans- transitional period that I'm in right now, I yeah. was unfortunately laid off. Um I was working in corporate real estate. That mm-hmm. was um the the most recent role that I had and was working there for a year and with the Silicon Valley bank, Mm. um, collapse, I, I, well, I don't want to say, I guess, yes, that essentially their funds were there. And then, um, (laughs) I found out, I didn't, I found out, um, that we were affected when I went, I was working one day. I was like, I need to pick up some supplies and it would pulled out my corporate card. It got declined. Bitch, when mm, when the corporate ca- card gets declined, Mm-mm. I was like, uh, something's I, up. So at first, I was like, oh, maybe I just did something wrong. I was like, maybe my Apple Pay is a little messed up. Let me just use the physical card. So I use the physical card. Mm. Still wasn't working. I'm at self checkout, just like in pure panic, where I'm like, uh, I'm not using, I'm not forking up my coin for this shit. Mm. I don't need to do that. And. I call and I can hear the the guy over the phone. He's a little nervous. He's like, uh, he's like, hold on, let me just check a little bit further. And I think I was on the phone with him for at least like 15 minutes. I was just standing there. And Mm. then he mentioned like, Ooh, yeah. So, uh, have like your, your company has been affected by the Silicon Valley bank thing. Mm. And I'm like, babe, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. I just need to know if you can turn the shit on or not. He's like, I can't, you're going to have to contact your administrator. And I'm like, okay. So, um, got off the phone, flagged someone over. I was like, um, can you cancel this transaction and put all this shit away? Cause I'm not, 
<laughs> was it a lot of shit? <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was a lot of stuff. And I even offered, I was like, I can put this stuff away if I need to, but like, just, it's it's just not going to happen. So I contacted a coworker of mine. I was like, hey, if you're going to go out, if you're out in the field today, don't use your card. Word, it sounds like something's going on with this bank. And he had no idea what was going on either. Mm. And um, on my lift ride to some of my appointments, I started catching up on what was going on because it happened I guess it just happened so fast it was like on a Friday there was something going on I thought they were going to take care of all the clients I, I you know what the I, I have no How idea are you going to just destroy businesses like that I see I don't know <laughs> See, and I and I don't know if I know you're enough like, about like you're fucking how, people's lives, right? I don't know how the financial structure works in a business setting where it trickles down in that way. So, about two weeks later, <laughs> there was this meeting. The CEO gets on this call and and announces like, "Hey, we're going to have to do some layoffs because of of the bank collapse. We're we're laying off seventeen percent of our workforce. If you are one of those individuals, you will be getting a private call this week." That was on Monday, and I think I had my call for Wednesday of that week. And um, without any notice, without any notice, that you're on no. this list. Well, oh my to God. be fair, I didn't even know that the call happened. I knew that the meeting was happening, but I didn't attend the meeting because <laughs> I didn't want to. So yeah, that's just me. Um, so I didn't go to the meeting. So here I am, just like ah, oh, just a normal week, whatever. And then I see this call that's attached to um, someone that I knew from HR and my manager. So it's like the night before. And I'm I'm stoned. I'm just like having a glass of wine, and I look at him like, "Am I getting fired?" I'm like, "What the fuck is happening?" And then I thought, I'm like, "Well, what did I do?" I'm like, "You know what? Whatever. Let's let's jump on this call. Let's see what happens." Next day happens, so it's Tuesday now. I reach out to my manager, or my manager reaches out to me and, and says, "Hey, I don't expect you to work today or tomorrow. So this is Tuesday, Wednesday." Because of everything that happened on the meeting yesterday, da da da. Like, so sorry that this that it had to happen this way. And I, so I DM him, and I'm like, um, "What is this regarding?" Because I'm lost. And he goes, "Did you not go to the meeting on Monday?" <laughs> Fucking Genesis. <laughs> no, bitch, I did not go. And <laughs> LOL, even more reason to like. Um, but yeah, he mentioned, yeah, we were affected by the bank and um, yeah, so your role was affected. I'm like, damn. So obviously the first, that first like, couple minutes of it was just like, ugh, like, are you serious? Like, mm. you know, and of course I'm saying uh, this wasn't a decision based on performance or whatever, which is in my mind still like, are, mm, are you sure? Because you had eight of us to choose from. Why Why me and this other girl? Like, Damn. there's some other people did that they, you could have chose. Did they tell you? Of course not. I mean, I know why. And and that's because that's I'm a rule breaker. Like, I, I get it. Didn't you get the do- job done? Yeah. In my own little way. <laughs> the job is done, right? Doesn't matter how we got here. Uh, yeah. But, of course, me exercising a lot of boundaries at work. I'm not a yes person at work. I'm not the person to come in early. I'm I'm not the person to stay late. But still, the work gets done. That's always been my been yeah. my thing. If, right, right. You know. Right, so, right. I think a lot of that, and at least with a lot of superiors that I've worked with, they don't really like that. They want someone who can conform and all that. So, I want to say that's probably one of the biggest factors, which is fine. I have no issue with that because getting laid off, and I think for a lot of people, 
when you get laid off, I don't think that, well, hold on, let me start over. When you get laid off, obviously, yes, it can be super detrimental Mm. to, I mean, especially if you've been working to get to that role for so long, or if your identity is really attached to working, I can see how getting laid off is devastating. Um, But for me, it's like, I see the other side of it where it's like, okay, you laid me off, fine, I get a severance, that's great. Based on like unemployment and like government government benefits, it's a lot easier to get approved for benefits when you get laid off versus quitting. So for me, you funded my whole summer. Thank you so much. I'm going to take a break. And you are indirectly telling me that you can't manage your money to pay my check. My bills are paid. You can't pay your bills. So that's embarrassing to me. Damn. Think about that. You can't afford to. You can't afford the whatever fifty k a year to to fund in someone's employment. So mm-hmm. you have to let mm-hmm. them go. You have mm-hmm. to cut costs, mm-hmm. right? So what you're telling me is that, uh, yeah, you can't pay your your bills, and that's, that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, that's embarrassing. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. Um, so I got on my my exit interview. The HR uh, person was like, you know, you're taking this so well. You're probably the yeah. most mature conversation. I'm, and I started laughing. I'm like. Yeah, I mean, you made your choice. Like, I, you can only imagine how difficult it is from this perspective. I'm like, yeah, it should be embarrassing for you because you are you have to tell 17% of this workforce that you can't pay the bills. So, yes, I can see how this is embarrassing for you. Have a great day. I'm going to order $80 worth of Chinese food that you're paying for, and I'm going to sit my ass <laughs> on my chair. I'm going to pet my cat. I'm going to watch some fucking TV, yeah. and I'm going to chill. And and throughout all your positions, did any of these, um, you know, when you when you have left these positions, mm-hmm. like it was never a wake up call of like I wasn't good enough. Only one, and that was with Lush, and that was oh. that was and, and but to be fair, I don't think it was never like a good enough thing. It was more along the lines of it was seven years of hard work, and I essentially hit the pinnacle of my career there. And then the pandemic happened. So it it was really, really hard to transition during that time. Be- mm. And I think it was a lot of it was probably just exacerbated because of the pandemic. But um, yeah, clean, there were definitely a lot of yeah. moments where I'm like, fuck, I'm not good enough. Or interviewing for roles and it's like, you're not ready. Or you need to work on X, Y, and Z. You have to do this in order to advance into mm. the next role. So I think I had a lot of that during during that seven years. But... Otherwise, I mean, that was what I, I was probably in between like 23 and like 30 during during that wow. era of work. So it was it was a chunk of time. Anything prior to that, though, never. So that was your first like adult adult. Journey. I, I would say like work that I took seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, every other workplace that I worked or that I've been at was more. I'm just here to fund my lifestyle. Sure. And I'm here to to clock in, clock out, and do do my thing. How you have this very present or short-term perspective on life, it seems. Mm. Um, and I'm, I might be wrong, but like, are, are you, do you, is there any part of you that is planning for 20, 30, 40 years down the line? Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something I am working on. Mm. So I definitely... Uh, like partnered with my therapist on it. Like I don't ever think about it in that way. Like I really only think about the next like year 
or the next like couple months. I'm very short term planning. And yeah. I'm not sure why. Like the, I don't really look last like, you met Sufe at the at the party. Um from, yes, from yes, Shiley yes, yes. Oil. And Which, she, oh my god. Sweetheart. Let huh? me tell you. I've been putting that shit on everything. Oh, yeah, same. Okay, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Mm. <laughs> Salads, eggs. <laughs> Bitch. Did you try ice cream yet? What? Did you try ice cream? Ice Van- cream? Vanilla ice cream? Like, they say on vanilla ice cream. Oh, period. I'll probably get some ice cream later today. Whoa. True. Sweet yes. and umami? I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. With, like, a little bit of dairy? But they... You know, trying it for mm-hmm. a few weeks. Trying it for a few weeks now. They are the only chili oil that... Who, I don't know if they claim to be crisps, but there are chunks in there. There are like it's, like crispy yes. shallots and garlic in there. Correct. It's good. Yeah. Which, which, okay, because I feel like the standard chili oil is just the oil and yeah. like maybe one flake. And then the only other chili oil that I've been like devouring as of late has been like from Trader Joe's. And mm. that's, it's like just garlic though. It's just mm. like crispy mm. garlic. So when I took the spoon and found like plants <laughs> in here, I'm like, oh. Yes. And yeah, so I, I made this like warm salad bowl. I did like chicken and pesto and like all this stuff. And then I just like, I'm not joking. I stirred the jar and I just went like oh. this. <laughs> and I just like gave it a stir. And I'm like, that was your dressing. Oh my God. It's, 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 it's you know, so, so whatever you're doing in that kitchen, I'm going to go into that dumpster and I'll, to, I'm going to find out. To, to, find to, out. But Sufe, you Sufe, mentioned. Sufe, uh, she, is one of the few people that don't plan to leave the primary job. Mm. This is simply a second job. It's not a side hustle that is going to be a day job. Mm-hmm. She is very happy and satisfied in her day job. Mm. And the main reason is because it creates stability. Uh, it's it's the benefits. It's the health insurance. It's all that stuff that comes with that, along with you know the daily work-life balance. Sure. And it's rare. Um, and... When I, you know, when I first met you, my and I heard you're kind of bouncing around from one job to another. Like you Always. don't meet too many people like that. And going back to you don't know why you don't think long term. If I were to take a guess, would it because is it because I want to say it's back to your mom? Yeah, yeah. It, so, so my, I mean, yeah. If we really had to dig deep, it really, it does definitely stem from the instability of my of growing up yeah it was always this not necessarily survival mode but it was it was more like i can't picture things in the future because i have to figure out what i have to do in the next one month two months three months and then eventually when you get to that third month i'm tired right like i need to rest now so then i can plan the next couple months right and at first yeah i definitely saw that as a handicap where i'm like Mm. I I should think long term like the rest of my cohort. They're thinking in 10, 15 years plus. I can't do that though or like I don't really want to do that right now. So, it was always what's going to be my plan for the next 12 months, maybe the next 14 months, and then I'll go from there. It, and that, and that, that's it, been pretty beneficial for to, for now. To bring context to that, I th- there's kind of two perspectives uh in the sense that you know, your mom passed at an early age. Yes. As well as, and I only heard, heard it from Justine, mm-hmm. and you can probably do it, you know, obviously much better. Oh, yeah. But the fact that you had to fend for yourself, fend, yeah. fend for yourself um, while your mom was dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, d- so she started getting sick. Like, if I had to really go far, far back. So, she she's always been sick. And for the most part, 
she hid that from me. I think she oh. she really wanted to just ensure that, hey, I'm the adult in the situation. I'm going to be fine. We're going to be fine. We're going to go ahead and live the rest of our lives. We're going to be okay. And she continued to reassure me that, hey, I'm fine. And she pretty much was a diabetic, didn't really take care of herself. She was always working. Single mom. I get it. Mm. Um, Dad wasn't in the picture. Mm. She's not only taking care of me, but she was also taking care of her parents as well. Mm. So uh, my grandparents on her side. And my... So eventually my grandparents like moved out. They moved back home to the Philippines. Mm. And then, yeah, my mom was constantly at work. So a lot of my adolescence was by myself. So this is how you're going to cook. This is this is the bus system. This is how to get to the grocery store. This is how to navigate the grocery store. Yeah, they say latchkey, right? Yeah, right. yeah. So it, it was a lot of those lessons very, very early on. And when I was in grammar school, I really loved that I was learning those things quite early. Mm. When I got into high school, however, that's when it started to turn and obviously because your self-awareness starts growing a lot Mm. more as you get older. Yeah. And I started getting angry. Mm. It was more along the lines of because you didn't plan your life correctly and take care of yourself. Now you're now, not only are you fucking up your shit, but you're fucking up my shit at mom. Yeah. So there was a lot of resentment at, at times. And I like, I would try as hard as possible to 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 understand that she is doing this because she has to take care of herself and me. But then deep down, it would be this idea of resentment towards her because she didn't, she wasn't taking care of herself or taking care of me properly, yeah. right? Especially in in high school when parents are home, parents are able to support the their homework or their extracurriculars, whatever the case may be. So a lot of my, a lot of those form, formable years were, they're by myself. So I'm, I'm just roaming around unsupervised. Where'd you be going? Where, where are you going? Oh, where, where am I going? Yeah, where are you going? So I grew up in Wicker Park. Okay. So, um, Wicker Park, Ukraine Village, Logan Square, Humble Park, oh. like those areas were my, my grounds. Mm. So, um, and this was way before any of those areas were like the creme de la creme to hang out at. <laughs> Girls ghetto. It was it was <laughs> it was the ghetto. Um, and yeah, I was living in a building that was the rundown building on the block at, in Ukrainian Village. I mean, roaches in the cabinets, like yeah. the just we. I mean, we were poor, babe. Okay. Like welfare kid. Grew up on the link card. Grew now, up like side tangent. Is this why you? What's your relationship with money now? My relationship with money now is, I would say it's okay because you mean, don't he- hesitate to spend no, money on oh, nice things. Because it's like the whole. I, for me, money is is a concept, right? Like it's mm. it is it Bitcoin, Dogecoin, like the dollar, the euro, like the, it it they're all the same, babe. So for me. I'm only here for a limited time only. <laughs> and I want to be here for a good time. Yeah. So I'm going to spend my coin. Yeah. However, and obviously within reason, like, right, make sure your bills are paid. Make yeah. sure everything is taken care of. And what do we have left over? Fuck it. Spend it. What? Just, you want, you want the thing? Go get the thing. You want, you want to go on a trip? Go on the trip. 
you want to upgrade to first class, baby girl, if you can afford it, go for it. But if you're going to be out here being like, I can't pay my rent, but I'm taking this flight tomorrow, then now we got a problem, right? Mm-mm-mm. Have I done that before? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, okay. Right? I'm not perfect. Um, but, yeah, I that's that's my relationship with money. Okay. It's, to me, it's, it's, it. My idea of money is that it's just the tickets to get to the thing that I want. I mean, yeah, right? Like, when you're playing a video game, same thing. You earn it, and then, I mean... No, that's when the good. Ga- when the game ends, that sounds you like, can't spend that That, that sounds like a healthy relationship. Go for it. Spend it. It, it. Some And some people buy things because it compensates for what they didn't have growing mm. up, right? So it was just a little little dig into that. Sure. Um, yeah. Going back to Ukrainian Village and mm-hmm. growing up... You also had to fend for yourself when your mom got really sick to the yes. point where you she couldn't take care of you or herself. Yeah. She needed help. So what was that like? It was truly some of the darkest times in my life. Yeah. It was not pleasant at all. Very much not taking care of myself. Very... And, what, and, and what happened? So the what what was happening during that time, it was probably during my junior year in high school where okay. it started getting to the point of, it was really bad during this time where she was in and out of the hospital on a regular basis. Would you ever take her to the hospital? Oh, yeah. There would be times where I'd take her to the hospital. Did you, dri- you didn't drive at that point, right? No. So no, what, no. CTA? What'd you do? Oh, we're calling the ambulance, girl. Put, we're, uh, oh, you just call the ambulance yeah. and you're, you're there with her. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're calling the ambulance and we're gonna we're just going to charge it to the insurance, like whatever whatever we have to do. Or, or yeah, there would be times where it's like, yeah, maybe either that or she would get herself there because she drove, so she would take herself to the to the hospital at times. To, and to give people context, what was she ill from? Right, so uh, diabetes and yeah. then all of the things associated with it. So she had heart, congestive heart failure, oh. renal failure. Wow. She's on like 14, 15 different types of medications okay. and just – and and – you know, the hospital visit for her was just, okay, I'm going to get back on my feet and then I'm going to go home and then we're just going to continue this process all over again. So I already started accepting the idea of this may or may not be her last time on this hospital visit. Maybe. I don't know. Did you have a switch in perspective at all? More from like resentment to gratitude or? Still resentment. Definitely resentment. And of course, more because I was so young, like, why is this happening to me? Mm. I don't deserve this, right? Like, and I think that's just natural. It is natural. And it, there was a lot of comparison at that time. Like, all these other kids are thinking about college. All these other kids are thinking about their futures. I have to think about what the fuck I'm going to do tomorrow because my mom's sick. Or I have to think about what I'm going to eat tonight. And I couldn't think that far. Mm. And And yeah, I think that, again, like you mentioned, that has a lot to do with why I can't really picture that in yeah, the future it's yeah. just it's just what i know it's just what i'm comfortable with um but yeah in and out of the hospital and by and at some point and she was still working too um as a live-in caregiver she was a nurse mm. for 15 years okay er nurse or nurse she did it all badass uh, very badass she was that bitch i will say and and i don't exactly know why she stopped being a nurse, but I do remember a brief period in time where she was super depressed about, because she wasn't working, and my grandparents kind of just masked it as like, 
she's she's going through something, but I was too young to understand what was going on. So she eventually became like a live-in nanny. She became a live-in caregiver for a lot of different families. And that just like heightened my resentment even more towards her at times because it's she would say how and and not at her fault, right? But obviously she's just being appreciative of her work. I'm taking care of these kids. They're, this family's having a new baby. I'm so excited. What and it's me? like, yeah. bitch, I'm literally back home eating fucking Vienna sausages out of a gut fucking can. Jesus. Like, what What the fuck are we doing? Right? And yeah, we would argue. We would, we would argue and we would just push back and forth at times. She would say, you know, I'm doing this for us. And I'm like, mm, it seems like you're doing it for you. And, it's, and you know, she, she would just, again, reiterate... I I have to do this because I'm the adult in the situation, and I'm sorry that you're affected in this way, and mm-hmm. the per- and so that was that was tough. It was a tough time during during that era. Did you start picking up jobs at that time too? I started working at 15. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what was it like in your own money then? You know, like you- oh, super fun. Still same relationship. <laughs> like since since day one, like. I got the check. We're going to the currency exchange. Boom. We're going to the store. We're getting we're getting anything and everything that I want. Um, we're going shopping. We want to. We just. I just want to like live my life then in in this way. So yeah. And yeah, I had to learn how to manage a household at that time by myself. Uh, at like what twelve, thirteen started. I started beginning at like how to manage a household then, and then by like. 15, 16, 17, 18, it, it just started getting progressively, like, I'm, I'm fed up, I'm getting irritated, because, I mean, my dream was to, to go to college, like, I wanted to go to school, right, and obviously being in an Asian household, school was important, and it's like, bitch, I can't go to school if you're in and out of the goddamn hospital, I want to go to New York, you, I, you, you can't take care of yourself, so it was, it was a lot of that back and forth, and then at 19, she, at, at this point, she couldn't work anymore. Wow. So I I was just in the state of now now I'm angry. Like I'm I'm so You're putting your future on pause. Yes. To take because care now of- I have to become a caregiver now at I mean, ever since I was 14, 15. Now I have to be the caregiver now. And yeah, my life went on pause. The the building that we were living in, um, the landlord sold it. Mm-hmm. And we were essentially homeless for a little while. Mm-hmm. So I, my mom ended up living with her brother. Yes, living with her brother. And I don't have a great relationship with um, her family because they are very hyper-conservative, mm-hmm. very, very religious. So me being, me identifying as a queer person, they were like, uh, it, see, it was never said, but it's like... I know what the fuck you bitches are talking about. What did they say? Oh yeah, it was always like they always and I would I would tell them too like you know this is who I am like oh but like maybe it's just a phase. Maybe you'll find a lovely woman that you're going to care and love for and I'm like those women do exist. But that's not my life, right? Like <laughs> yes, I there are women in my life that I love and I cherish, right? But that's not the future that you envision for me. And Breaking that mold is was just not acceptable to them, and even for my mom, she had me uh, out of wedlock. She essentially was the other woman in. Oh, okay. yes, yes. I, I'm one of those babies. 
my mom was a baby mom. Justine, tell right? me you're, you're resolving some of these relationships um, yeah, yeah. in so, a positive way, In right? a positive way. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so we were, I was, I was, I wouldn't say I was out in the street, but I started living with some friends kind of here and there. That's how actually I met Justine. It was my first time. Wow. I was living with her ex at okay. the time and his family. And... I, from like 19 to like 21, I was just saving as much coin as I could. Uh, I moved out of um, his place, his family's place, and I got a roommate at the time and then lived there for about a year. And then then I moved out into my place. So we had I had an apartment on right in the corner of uh, Augusta, California, like next door to the California Clipper. And me and my mom lived there for about a year. And then a year pa- like a year went by, and then she passed away. Oh, I didn't know that. So she came back with you. Yes, she were came you, back and with you. Me. Were still taking? Were you the caregiver then? Were you taking care of her? Sure was. Mm. Yeah. So what, how did that happen? Where she left her brothers for you? So my my brother, or sorry, her brother, decided to move her out of the mm, trash. <laughs> Trash. Sometimes it'd be your own people, huh? I don't claim them. Mm. Never had, never will. Mm. Um, and if they are watching at home, <laughs> confirmation, <laughs> I do not claim you, period. Um, yeah, so she she had an, I, to my knowledge, she had like a, a health scare, and it was too much for them to handle. Okay. And they decided to move her, right, bitches, hoes, area codes. So they they decided to move her out to this like they're like we found a place for her we found her on craigslist there's like two other folks who live who live here we found her a room we're moving her there and i'm like with roommates what do you mean exactly just like two other senior citizens who are living in this like basement garden apartment in like off of lawrence like an unofficial group home like what the? Fuck? i think so so they move her there and i'm like what the fuck like what hold on i'm like i understand why i'm not living with y'all but why can't y'all take care of her like i like i am 19 babe like and and that from that time how often would you see your mom if ever if ever sometimes twice a month oh my god maybe 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 once yeah was that hard because i know you still were you still resenting her you know like you're doing your own thing at this point right yeah it was like half and half where it's like i knew that i had to do this because i'm I have to start taking care of her, right? And then on the flip side, there would be that feeling of, I don't want to do this. Mm. I shouldn't be doing this at mm. 19. And then and then understanding that, you know what, as much as I don't want to be doing this, as much as I don't want to accept this life and this lifestyle I'm currently living, the reality is this is, this is the life I'm living right now. And I have a choice now to either, either show up or... Or, or I can give up. Like, I, I have to decide right now. So I made the decision to, like, all right, I, I guess I just have to step up. So when I got our place, it was it was so satisfying because it was a moment of, thank God, I can breathe a little bit easier. And, yeah, there was some resentment, like, living together as well. Like, I can tell that there would be moments where she was trying to make up for lost time and hey, do you want to just, like, sit on the couch and, like, watch TV? I'm like, no. So she was still with it at the time? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. And, like, do you want dinner? Do you want this? I'm like, eh, I'm okay. But at that time, it was because I was just used to living alone. Sure. So it was it was hard to then 
after so many years, have this adult figure in the house, mm. right? It, especially when I was yeah, like all this freedom, right? I had right, all, right? I've always had the freedom, so yeah. it'd be like eleven o'clock, like bitch, I'm going out, I'm gonna go get fucked up, or mm. like I'm going out to the bar, and she's like, oh, but it's late. I'm like, uh, no, no, <laughs> I'm living my life. This no, no, I'm gonna go. Yeah, but I'll be home later. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and and then she she passed, and that was it. That is such a. I have no words to describe that feeling because it was so. It was very sudden. It was very sudden, yeah. And she was she was in the hospital for a couple of days. Doctors were like, "She's gonna come home." Like, All right, cool. Like just an, just another visit tacked on to the however many visits she's had already. So I didn't think anything. It was of normalized. It, at it that was normal. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And then um, uh, I woke up. I was getting ready for work, and then I got a call from the hospital saying I needed to go to the. I see you immediately. And there was a hospital not too far from where we were living. So she was there. So I finished my shower, I got out of the shower and I was like, I think, I think this might be the, the one, mm. but see, I've said that time and time again. Mm. So I wasn't sure, but this time it really felt like, I think, I think this is the call. Mm-hmm. So as I was walking into the ICU, yeah, the doors open. I'm walking in. All the nurses, all the staff are just looking at me. They're looking down. I'm like, fuck. Like, this is... I think this is Was it. she still on a ventilator? Or? No. No, she, she, was, was, she was gone. She was, was gone. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. She was gone already. So, um, the he- the charge nurse... Or, head nurse? I don't know. Charge nurse. Charge nurse? Okay. Charge nurse came to me. She's like, can we... Can we just step aside? I have to talk. And she, she said the news. And she started crying. I started crying. And... Um, she said, do you need a minute? I'm like, yeah. So I had, I got into the waiting room and I just sat there in this very complicated feeling of grief and also relief at the same time, mm. because I'm, I'm sad that I lost my mother and I'm sad that I lost this figure who, although I resented at times, she's still literally my hero because she taught me how to be the way that I am, the way that I am today but then also understanding that I have I have full freedom now, and what am I going to do with that freedom now that I don't have to be in a role of a caregiver? And I told myself at that time, I don't need to have the answer right now. I guess I just have to focus on the services, and I, I don't. I've never obviously done this before, so calling everyone that I could hmm. call to just break the news to them, and then my family knew, and then. Uh, started planning the memorial services, thankfully with my godmother, who her best friend Carmelita, and um, and even that was so complicated because I'm, I'm just so glad that I had at least a a fig uh, an adult figure to guide me through it because her family were they just didn't want to show up. They were like, oh yeah, we can we can help like pay for this. You'll pay us back and like you know, these are all the things that we have to do. This is what we want. And I'm like, what what, what the fuck? I'm like, no, this is... And going to the memorial service and having all of, like, these people, like, seeing how sorry they were, I'm like, fuck all of you. I'm like, you don't... Where were you before? Where the fuck have y'all been? Like, all of these years. Every time that she's been at the hospital, every time I had to, like, wake up in the middle of the night to take care of her, none of you people were here. None of you people were here to support me. And now you want to say how sorry you were? I'm sorry that I have to go through this right now because one, I'm 
I'm 23 years old. My mother just passed. All you bitches are here for your own purpose. I don't know why. And truly my saving grace during, during all of that was just my chosen family. So Justine, obviously, and um, another couple, like my group of friends, friends that I met in high school, I had them all in the front row. And when I got up to speak, it was like, I'm just speaking to myself and these seven people mm. that are important in my life. Mm. Sure, there's all these other people in the room. I don't give a fuck about y'all. And I I mean, sure, there's maybe one or two people that I'm like, sure, I, I respect y'all. But these seven people who have been there the whole time, this is who I'm addressing right now. And yeah, after the services, it was it was a chance for me to to restart. Now I can rest. And that's that's when this idea of self-care really started to take play because for all this time from, you know, for 10 years, I was just being an adult. Mm. And I guess from 23 up until now, that's another 10 years. Now I'm like, I can live like a kid again. Like I can, mm. I can now finally understand what it means to be, to, to live like a kid in a candy store, right? But I have the self-awareness of an adult. So I think, I think that's essentially why I have this playfulness. I have this very like, whatever about life. Because what, it can be taken away just like that? Not necessarily, but more of, I didn't get to live that. Mm. So now I get to live like that now. And I owe it to myself to, to give myself that experience that I didn't have. Has, so, and how many of her family members have showed up after that? None. <laughs> None at all. I don't even know where they are. I don't know where they live, and I don't care. Um, have Have they tried to reach out? Yeah, sure. But my boundaries are set. I'm sorry. Like it's it's very much. I'm not here for y'all. Y'all weren't here for me, so I'm not here for y'all. Um, I tried. It was it was like the first Christmas that she was gone. Mm. I arrived, and I had a cousin tell me, "Oh, I didn't." We didn't realize you were coming. I'm like, Ugh, what? Now we're starting. We're this is how we're gonna start. Uh, All right, cool. Um, yeah, never showed up ever again. And then maybe a couple years, maybe like a little over, maybe five, six years ago, I tried to reach out to some some aunts and uncles, thinking to myself, maybe maybe I can be the better person and try. Nothing really from that. And then most recently, maybe two years ago, three years ago, no, a year ago, um, I had an uncle reach out to me from California because her 10 year is approaching in December. Mm. And I would assume that they probably want to do something in her memory mm. for having this milestone. And because there, there was this urgency to reach out to me. No idea why. I had so many family members try to reach out to me. We miss you. We care about you. We just want to know how you're doing. She's doing fine. Baby girl is doing just great without y'all. And my uncle told me, hey, can you please respond? I think your mom, who is in heaven, would appreciate it if you replied. Oh, God. Now, now they're guilt tripping you? Didn't work. <laughs> she don't feel guilty. Try again. How uh, how supportive were your god was your godmother Carmelita? Oh my gosh, Carmelita! Because you still do holidays with her, right? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. So Carmelita and my mom met. Um, so my mom's name is Veronica. So um, Carmelita and my mom met in 
I want to say in at the hospitals because she was a nurse and my godmother was a administrative mm. person on the floor. So they would kiki. That that was her best. That was her bestie. That was her bestie. Okay. Okay. I think the equivalent is like you have your Jake, right? Would you guys be close um, while while your mom was still around yeah. too? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So she was always around. She always around. Oh, that's good. Okay. Always around. So she was essentially like a second mother figure to me okay. as much as she could. And she too was a single mother taking care of her daughter. So I mean, the fact that she was also trying to show up for me as well, I mean, I just applaud her for that as much as she could. She was also there for a lot of the appointments, um, picking up picking her up from the hospital when she could. Mm. She, she was showing up for sure. Gotcha, gotcha. And um, so, yeah, they met, uh, I think, around the time, when, like in their early 30s. That's okay. when they met. And, and she'd been in her life ever since. And they were just trying to raise their kids together. So, like, my god sister, Melinda, like, her and I essentially grew up together. They would do holidays together. They would do vacations together. So a lot of my, like, like family upbringing was 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 with them yeah which was honestly great and they're still in my life today love them so much my godmother or my ninang which is uh tagalog for godmother still around she's still kicking um she just celebrated her birthday Mm. can't remember how she turned though but yeah yeah i know (laughs) and um yeah like she they were honestly inseparable they were like it was like every other weekend we'd go to their house, go to the mall, and just, yeah, they were just, yeah, we're, we're here. We're single moms, bitch. Yes. Like, they were just <laughs> living their best lives. Let's go to the casino. Let's go to the buffet. We're going, and even to this day, my Ninang does that now, where it's like, hey, Ninang, what are you up to? Oh, um, me and my friends were planning a trip to Dubai. Oh, bitch. Okay. Yeah. We're going to London. We're going to do this. I'm like, fuck yes. Nice. Yeah. And I think my mom to her was very much like her rock for sure. So yeah. when my mom passed, that was very devastating for her. My mom definitely helped her out in a very nasty relationship that like truly, I will never forget that. She was in a very abusive relationship and um, how I knew my mom was a badass bitch was when we like, we were there for the weekend, the, the, her ex husband, I don't know what her, her attachment to that guy was, but he was there. He was he was causing a scene. They just moved into this townhouse. And at one point, me and Melinda, my god sister, we like started creeping by the stairs to see what, what was going on. There's a lot of yelling and commotion downstairs. And finally my mom was just like, um, get the fuck out of your house. And he was like, What? You're, you can't kick me out. Like, uh, no, you're endangering not only my best friend, but you're endangering our kids. Get the fuck out of this house. Kicked his ass out of the house. Here's your shit. Here's your jacket. Here's your this. What about my keys? Uh, no, no, no. You're not welcome back in this house. That's how I knew that she was a badass bitch because she kicked out the homeowner out of his own house. <laughs> I would never have the. I mean, now I would. Hell yeah. 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 But she kicked out the the owner of this house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get out of your own house. Bye. Um. Yeah. Never came back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> never came. I mean, I think he did, but she was just like. Just so you know, I don't like you. <laughs> sure. I don't fuck with you. Um, just so you know. And yeah, she. I think she like fully left that relationship after, which, thank God, because he was trash. So That's wild. Yeah. Was there, is there anything like, 
unresolved i'm sure there are with your mom or like is there any part of you that wishes like she could i'm sure see you now i think so and and on a spiritual level i still try to connect i i'll you know i'll i'll just like sometimes close my eyes and be like mom i don't know what to do right now but she always instilled in me that she's like i know that when i'm gone you're gonna be okay i know you're gonna be okay she always reinforced that like the world she she really taught me some really core life lessons that hey the world is a very scary place it's gonna be very unforgiving it's gonna be there are there are good in things but just know with with all this good there's also kind of the the shitty parts of it too so you are gonna have to show up you're gonna have to be unapologetic you're gonna have to take up space and i didn't understand at the time so she said these things oh yeah oh wow yeah, absolutely. And, and as, as someone uh, someone who's younger, we definitely don't appreciate that at the time. Oh, no, no. Like, even just applauding me with, like, hey, you know how to cook at this age. Most kids your age don't know how to do this. And right, that 50-50 split of, I'm happy that, I'm, that I know how to do this, but also, like, mm, I shouldn't be doing this right now, right? And I didn't yeah. appreciate it then, but I appreciate it now, because some of y'all at home don't know how to cook, which is a little scary... <laughs> Some of y'all don't know <laughs> basic shit like eggs, babe. You should know how to oh, do Genesis that. Genesis makes some fire eggs. Oh man, you burned water. <laughs> what? Oh my god. Um. Yeah. So she, like, aside from from all that, because I'm not trying to paint her as a an abandoned mother, right? But we, she was, she was obviously was parenting from afar. So a lot of our relationship was over the phone. So I had this converse, I would have conversations with her daily, right? And just she was always, I, you know, I would, I would tell her like, hey, these are some of the things that are going on, and these are things that are going on with me and my friends. And she would always just say like, hey, keep your head up. Like this is, yeah, that's the reality that that we are living in. People are going to be trash, Mm. and it is up to you to really navigate these waters be yourself be as authentic authentically you as possible yeah and obviously her family didn't like that they they wanted different expectations for her and me and and her like her mindset was you know this is my son Mm. i my job as a mother is to love and appreciate him and support him with whatever he wants to do and that's my role in that and like although I didn't get the stellar expectations of you know what life what what I wanted from life whether that be school or just having a parent around every day what I got from her was me being the unapologetically me today Mm. so I think for me I I would rather have that I would I I'm so happy now as an as an adult that I have that mentality that I have this mindset because not everyone does and mm-hmm. and it always baffles me when i have conversations and people don't have similar values in in how they navigate the world i'm like what do you mean like but you are you and you should take up space like oh i can't i'm too scared mm-hmm. uh, i'm afraid of what anyone thinks or everyone's going to think of me oh fuck all these people. like right, that's my that's my mindset right i don't give a shit and i mean, yes give a shit but to a degree right and and I don't understand that. And it took me a while to really realize, oh, right, because those were the lessons that she was telling me all this time. Mm. And just building this resilience, you know, for however many years since I was a kid up until now. So 
I mean, I I would say that yeah, at, like as as much as I was mad at her for all for all the things that I didn't get. On the flip side, I'm just so happy that I am this resilient, unapologetic person today. Because mm. I think you can't put a price on that. You can't buy that. You can't. You can't. I can't go to the store and buy that. You can try, <laughs> but you can't. Like you, there is no price on that. At the same time, it's like it's hard to teach that. It's something you have to live through, right? You do, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so if you were to go, did you go to college eventually or no? Uh, my resume says I went to college. <laughs> sure does. What would you have studied if you did? So, what, what did you study? <laughs> <laughs> what didn't I study? So, uh, yeah, I was, I was a high school dropout. I got a GED. That's my highest level of education. And I'm proud of it. And it, it's wild when I tell people that. And their response is, but you're so smart. <laughs> Babe. <laughs> the streets. <laughs> first of all that was a backhanded comment um like right like but you're so smart you talk well uh fuck you (laughs) just what that doesn't okay and you have a master's and you're a dumbass like how does that work right like how does that work um so i i really wanted to go to um new york or Mm. la i was i really wanted to go to fashion school Mm. that was that was like the goal that was the dream um is that still available and on the table one thousand percent um is school necessary to excel in in those industries i don't think school is necessary period yeah i mean school to me and academia to me is a I mean, it's standardized. It's a way to conform to society. It's a. It's. I mean, a lot of it is just bred in like whiteness and, and white and white supremacy. Sometimes it's networking. Sometimes you can network at any time, though. That's like, true. We don't need to be at a school to network. That's true. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, the school can host a networking event. Boom, you're there. Um, yeah, and like. So uh, anyway, so I was gonna. I really wanted to go to to fashion school. So there was a point in time when. I think it was like 18. I went out to New York um, and I was thinking about going to Parsons for uh, for fashion school. And then I flew out to LA uh, thinking I was going to possibly go to FIDM. Which and, is what? Uh, the Fashion Institute of uh, Merchandising. Mm. And um, so really I wanted to go not only f- to learn about fashion, but the main concentration was in merchandising. Okay. Which is essentially that's what I did throughout all the job, majority of the jobs that I've had. And then at Lush, that's what I did there. So I learned a lot about what I needed to learn through just working. Yeah. And, um, and I'm still obsessed with it to this day. And, um, is it something that I want to go back into? Eh, Maybe, but I, I feel like I'm exhausted from that, that, that career path at the moment. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's essentially what I wanted to do. So, and but I did do that. Now they think yeah. about it. I did do that. <laughs> it, well, and what was the next step? Because was it was it Lush or something else before Lush? Um, was there something before Lush? I mean, so I did. I've done like in store merchandising before, but with Lush, that was like the pinnacle. I was doing it on like a corporate level at that point. Mm. So, uh, to me, that was like, wow! I didn't need to go to school at all. Although, I lied, <laughs> but. Did I? I mean, I did enroll. Would you would you consider that faking till you make it? Faking it till fake it till you make it. Um. See, faking it would be like a pretending, right? Yeah. Like, no, I have the skill, but mm. you're you're 
you're locking the door on me because I don't have a piece of paper. Mm, mm. But if I tell you if I have the piece of paper, I have the skill. Mm. Crazy how they don't really is it, vet, is it fi- vet all that. <laughs> I am a Harvard graduate. Magna cum laude. Magnum cum loudly. <laughs> Honors. Oh, um, man. I spoke at the graduation. <laughs> um... People cried, and then I moved from Boston. <laughs> See what I mean? Like, so I, I I think faking it till you make it is your you're you're not only doing that, but you're also faking the skill set. You're pretending you know the skill set, and you're pretending to know about the industry. So that's why I'm like, I don't think it's faking it till you make it. For me, I'm unlocking doors that are locked for me because I'm underprivileged. Sure. So I have to barge my way in. In order to, oh, I'm gonna, I'm getting in this fucking door. <laughs> so, I did go to college though for like some classes. I just didn't finish. Oh. Like I would go for like a little bit, but then you know life happens and I had to unenroll or put it on pause. Yeah. So, on my resume, it says the the time that I went to school. I never said I finished school. Sure, sure. So it's like we can take it into certain contexts, like right. So. Um, yeah, and then I've, I've told employers that like after the fact, and they get so astonished. They're like, but but you know everything, or you know about this role. I'm like, well, yeah, that's what the fuck I've been trying to tell you. Yeah. But everyone is so fixated, or this in- industries are so fixated on on if you did or you didn't. Maybe that, right? that seems to be the average of like, if they have this degree, then then be somewhat at the door. Yeah. 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 So uh, did you have did you climb a ladder within Lush, or did you have this role from the get go? I climbed. So this was pretty much right after my mom passed, and I was working at a restaurant at the time with mm. um, another good friend of mine, Melanie. Shout out, Melanie. Sh- oh. First of all. The podcast coming soon. That's my bitch. I love her so much. <laughs> that's my boo. I'm seeing her in two weeks. That's another two- tangent of like just that chosen family, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. chosen family. And that's that's really, she is definitely, obviously you, her, like I'm so appreciative of the chosen family that I have today and and so I met her working there, and, and she eventually became my roommate. Um, and we were, we were both living in the house that, or in the apartment that, like, my mom passed in, and, or not, well, yeah, sure. But, yeah, so I was working there, and I'm like, Ugh, I really don't want to work in a restaurant anymore. Mm. And at the time, I was just obsessed with, with Lush, loved everything about it. So I picked up a seasonal job, mm. worked there for the Christmas holiday, and I was let go after the Christmas holiday because um, they thought I wasn't going to be a good fit to be part of their permanent staff. See, bitches, fu- bitches fuck up on me all the time. Okay, okay. Bitches be sleep on me. So, what, what was the seasonal role? Was it a role that they didn't just get to a see you shine? Yeah, okay. yeah. And, and same, yeah. They were just like, oh, we don't know. We don't. And at, pff, trust a lot of a lot of employers that I've worked for always say like, oh, we, we decided to just take a chance on you. I'm like. Fuck you. I'm doing you a favor of working here. First of all, I don't need to be here. <laughs> There's so many other places I can work at, but I chose to be here. So I don't need to be here. Um, so yeah, I wasn't kept on. And then uh, in the spring, they gave me a call saying like, hey, we have an opening. Are you interested? And I was like, yes, I would love to. So I started working there part time. I was working there part time. You didn't hold any grudges? No. Because why? Oh, why? Well, there you go. You know what I mean? Like, why? Because um, 
you're you're asking me to come back now. Well, ba- based off your initial reaction. Oh, of like sure. Them cutting At first, you, right? I was like, ugh, yeah. fuck you. Okay, okay. I got 90 days to think about it. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, you're you're giving me a chance. Let me let me come in. Was it the same role? Sales? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So I started working there as a sales associate part-time. Which, and which store? Bucktown. Oh. Stomping grounds. So, so happy. Cool. I was like, ugh, my neighborhood, my baby. What, and what is it do you, about Lush? For, for listeners that don't know what Lush is, like, what is yeah. it? And what do you love so much? What did you love so much about it? Yeah, so Lush, Lush Cosmetics, they are... Um, Every time I share, people think it's like a makeup store, but mm. essentially they're very well known for this thing called a bath bomb. Mm-hmm. So it's this round ball with made out of baking soda, other essential oils, and all that. And uh, they make them very, very pretty, all handmade. Mm. They source ingredients from all across the globe and the world. They do a lot of um, environmental advocacy human rights advocacy, all that. And they are a company from England. Mm. And uh, they started essentially expanding their businesses overseas. So they came to the States, uh, everywhere. And their head office in North America is based in Canada. Mm. So they started out, I believe, in Canada and then made their way into the U.S. Um, I was introduced to Lush when I was working at Apple for a little bit. There Mm. was... He was he was someone who's English and got so hyped that a Lush store opened in the mall that we were working in, and he he was like, "I have to tell you about this because he he walked past me. I was like, "You smell so good. What are you wearing?" And he pulled out this little it looked like chapstick, and he said, "It's a solid perfume. You just like rub it on your skin and then work it into the skin." I was like, "Wait, wait, wait! You're not rubbing chapstick on you, right?" And he's like, "No, this is." It is a perfume. I'm like, all right. Rubbed it on. I was like, oh, this is great. So I went, and it everything just looked like food. I don't know if you've ever been to a Lush store before, but everything yeah. essentially looks like – it looks like a grocery store. And I believe that's what their inspiration was behind their, their the concept of the store is that – it is it, it they are food grade ingredients, but it is formulated in a way that is beneficial for your skin and became obsessed transitioned a lot of my products to to lush stuff and even to this day i still use a lot of their stuff because it to me it's just one very nostalgic and i love their goodies but i just can't find formulas that are like this interesting and um yeah so when i started working there even even like the lore behind some of the products and like how they were formulated the smells um i i just got upset so it was it was for me being like a fangirl working at the store mm. and uh yeah started working there and over the years got really interested in how they merchandise why why they do the things that the way that they do and, and how did that escalate like did you ask or they did that did they ask or let you know that there was an opening or yeah they asked me so they're they asked hey we have like a, a visual merchandising concentration in the store do you want to participate we know that you have this very extensive background in merchandising we think you'd be really fun to, or it'd be fun for you to do it here in, in store. I'm like, great, do it. So, um, that was like my special side project over, mm. over the years. So when I was a sale associate that I became, uh, like a, a supervisor in training, then I became a supervisor. Um, eventually at that time I started networking with the corporate office in their merchandising team, specifically around store openings. They, how, so they started rolling out 
um, this expansion plan that they wanted to refresh some of the stores, like remodel them, and also uh, build new stores. Well, how did you rub shoulders with them? Oh, yeah, yeah. So once I learned about that, I reached out to uh, the merchandising, the one a member from the merchandising team that I had been in contact before, and I asked, hey, I, I noticed that there is um, a remodel that's going to happen here in Oak Brook, mm. and I was wondering if I could just shadow for a day can i just see what this process is like i i'm i'm at a place where i'm at i'm at a supervisory level now i've been doing uh, merchandising in store for a while i've done a lot of things in store to 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 do you know to boost sales all this stuff and they were like yeah absolutely like if your manager is okay with it absolutely they she was thankfully and I partnered with someone from the VM team and I went out to Oak Brook for a day. I got to see what the process was like. I got to write on the walls, which was really fun. And then after that day, it was, I remember going home from that experience. I'm like, yeah, I think this is, this is what I want to, this is what I want to do. And, um, immediately got home and reached back out. Hey, I love this experience. I'm more than happy to volunteer here and there wherever. And then they let me know, hey, we're actually interviewing for a on-call role because these stores are opening. We would love to have merchandisers on an on-call basis travel out to these stores and then go back to their stores to resume their work. Are you interested in that? Yes, I am. Mm. So I started interviewing for the role. And then um, I was like, I'm a bad bitch. I got this. I'm going uh, to be traveling the world. You bitches don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Hey Genesis, we are sorry to inform you you are you are not moving forward. Well, fuck all you hosts. No, I'm just kidding. Like I I was obviously devastated and and feeling not like I was good enough. I remember going home and I was just fucking like I was just exhausted. I'm like, but I've been doing I've gotten to this point. I've been working so hard. I deserve this. And I remember me and Melanie, Melanie was just like, hey, you know, it, maybe it's just not the right time. Mm. Maybe that's what it is right now. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, but you're right. Okay, fine. <laughs> sure enough, um, I think maybe a like, couple months later, they were like, hey, we're, we're, we're actually hiring more. We realized that hiring, they only hired two people the mm-hmm. first round. We need to hire three more people. Are you interested? <laughs> Fuck. Fine. <laughs> so at this point, they were like, they they said, we're not going to interview. We're offering you the role. Ah, okay. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Your first job is going to be in New York. Period. Oh shit. Flat to New York. Uh, yeah. Is this the first time in New York? Uh, no. Okay. No. Okay. Um, what they didn't tell me was like, okay, here's the address of the store. You bitches told me this was in New York, and they're like, yeah, it's in New York. This is Long Island. <laughs> That is not New York, babe. <laughs> Sorry, forgive, forgive us, we're in Canada. Oh, that makes sense. Fine, you're Canadian. I get it. Go out to Long Island. And it was great. I had a great time. And from there... Um, and, and that was your first assignment? That was my first assignment, yeah. Was it nerve-wracking? What, it like, was, was it successful? How did it go? It was not successful. Not successful? It was in a what sense? shit show. What was the metric? like? So the metric is... Uh, so the, the format of the store opening is, uh, 
you, at, at least at this time, you're given the assignment, you're given the store that you're going to, you're, you're given the merchandising plans mm-hmm. for, for the shelves and all that, and then um, you're there to also teach the managers and the staff on how to set everything up, why it's important, and how to upkeep the store. Great. I go. Uh, Contractor is already like, hey, yeah, we're, we're behind schedule. We haven't passed our fire inspection yet. There's still stuff like all over the floor. I'm like, okay, this is not good. Um, great. So the, it was a, it, yeah, we, we were not able to open on time. Uh, so what happens? Do you, do you start yeah. taking on more responsibility or you have to delay your process? Like delay that? the process. Yeah, essentially. Okay. So I had to delay the process and then flew back home and then they had to reassign someone else to continue oh. it. Uh, because it, it was essentially a, con, a contractor fail. Sure. Like the construction team was responsible sure. for that. So, um, yeah, it was a little devastating. I was like, fuck, this is my first assignment and I'm already like, shit. Yeah. Like, I don't want this to be on me. Reflected on you. Reflected right. on me, right, right? Right, right? And thankfully it wasn't. They were very understanding. Like, hey, like, hey these, are, these are some things that you can do when stuff is like this. Great great valuable lessons and then my next i think my next assignment from there was vegas bitch damn i was like when y'all say vegas do you mean vegas do you bitches mean vegas <laughs> and it was it was on the strip your girl got put up in treasure island i was like yes i'm gonna get fucked up i'm here in vegas you bitches don't know what the fuck is going on i'm on a work trip i'm unsupervised man That's so funny. <laughs> um, did you bring friends out <laughs> i didn't but um at the time, they were also training some interior architects, like designers. So they also came out. Some people from the head office came out. So um, you had to put you had to be on your best best behavior. In, uh, in no, way. we oh. were ratchet. <laughs> oh, really? We're like, okay, day one's a wrap. Everyone can go home. And then we all looked at each other like, we're, we're not going, going out. out. <laughs> like, yes. So we went out. It was put on the corporate card. I was. I just remember the next day arriving, and I'm like, okay, everyone, <laughs> day two. Um, Everyone just, <laughs> I'm barely breathing, and I think I'm still drunk from the night before. Um, yeah, and that was a, that was a success. So it felt really redeeming to be like, oh, thank God, the second one's a success. And yeah, and then from from for a year, two years, pretty much, that was my life. I was I was traveling around uh, the U.S. and opening up these stores and. Uh, I'd come home for a little bit, fly out again. Mm. I was I was on the road for a lot, and at some point uh, they mentioned, "Hey, we are we are thinking about transitioning this on call role to a permanent head office position." And I was like, "Okay, this is something I know I have to go for." But there are five of us that are doing this role, so only two of us can move forward. So who's gonna win? I don't I I don't know. So. Super nerve-wracking, and I told myself, you know what, I've come this far, I've been able to not only juggle a corporate role, but also an in-store role, and that was my leverage. It was saying that, hey, not not only... Is that different from the other five? The other five were either just still sale associates or oh. um, supervisors, and oh. I think at this point I was an assistant manager while I was also doing sure. stores. So I, was, so I mentioned, hey, I'm still able to, I'm managing a store, and I'm also able to do this. I can understand better now how the system works as a manager and so 
that was really, and I think kind of to my point earlier, where um, I'm, I'm telling you that I have the skill. I don't give a fuck about this resume anymore. I am telling you that I have the skill. And clearly it's, it's reflected in my work. So this is, this is what I can bring to the table. And um, I got picked. Yeah. So <laughs> me and another girl, Sarah, which um, she, she's from Boston. And she was, I mean, throughout that whole experience, she's been like my rock, my work, my work rock when, I, when we were both there. And um, I was so great. I mean, like, we were just flying in and out of Vancouver. Um, I was in, like, the UK. I went to Manchester. I went to London. Um, I've, I mean, Justine knows I'm really bad at geography. There are some places <laughs> on this map. I don't know where I am. I just know that I have to get on a plane and arrive somewhere. Remote places in Canada. I went to where Sean Mendes was born. Babe. <laughs> He is born in the is ghetto. <laughs> I was like, this is where he's from? And th- what they got going on for them there is just two universities and a prison. So I was like, ooh, thank God he got out. <laughs> and um, it was a lot of fun. But it started to take a toll on me because I would only be home for like a weekend and then I'm back on the road again Mm. in some cases. And you can ask Justine, there'd be days where I would come home from the airport. I would meet her at like Lady Gregory's. Oh yeah. I would have my suitcase still from the airport straight to the restaurant, have dinner with her. She would drive me home and then she'd like, Hey, like I'll just crash here with you. I'm unpacking my suitcase for the next day. Oh God. Yes. So it, it also came to a point where I had, two suitcases, I would have a suitcase pre-packed for the next trip. So wow. I would just come home, drop off the old suitcase, pick up the new suitcase, and then go. So I was essentially a young business traveler, and I got to learn about what that was like. And it was extremely taxing on my body because on paper or in story, it sounds luxurious, right? Like, bitch, I'm, I'm traveling all these places, right? But I don't think what people realize is Majority of the time, I'm just on a plane, like five hours. Did you? Did you? I'm sure you were well compensated. Did you feel important? Did, was it, was there status there? Was there prestige there? I think there was. was but it, was I it never business class. Was it? Was it? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sometimes. Um, if if that was the only flight available, it's like, oh, bitch. I guess. I guess I'm gonna have to wine and dine in the sky, girl. Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So there'd be there'd be times, and yeah, they gave me a corporate Amex card. <laughs> Big <Wow>. mistake. <laughs> Cheesecake Factory every night. <laughs> Woo. Um, yeah, that was that was the thing. I would book hotels to the nearest Cheesecake Factory That's so funny. in the mall. Like, okay, here's the Cheesecake Factory. What are the hotels near this Cheesecake Factory? That was I was that bitch. Um, we can go to a cheesecake factory sometime. We haven't done that yet. Let's, I let's... fucking love cheesecake factory. All right. Let's I, do it. It's funny you mention that. Me and Mel, because I'm I'm heading out to her in two weeks, <laughs> and her and I have this plan to go to cheesecake factory and then go to Dave and Buster's after. Which, ugh, yes, I love cheesecake factory. Um, but yeah, it was it was so taxing on my body. It was. Uh, I mean, yes, the, the status was there. I never really let that get to my head, and I think it's just like. Because I knew what it was like working as someone who was just seasonal, and then I got booted, yeah. right? So I understood for some of these folks that were working there how it was important to work in these roles. And it was like, and some even, some managers too, they were like, we really thought you were going to be like this, like, I'm a head office or I'm a corporate bitch. And I'm like, see, I didn't grow up that way though. Mm. So 
Like at the end of the day, I'm here to have fun. I just want to make sure that y'all are taken care of. Let's just have a good time. Let's put on some music. Let's y'all want pizza? We're gonna, we're ordering out. Like yeah. we're gonna charge it to the charge it to this card. Like let's just let's have a good time. Because the 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 how the day went, it was pretty much we're setting up two thousand three thousand square foot stores, and we only have three days to do it. And by by day four the store has to open and we're working eight hours a day. So we have 24 hours to get this store open. So it was phrasing it as that urgency. And then at some point I was like, let's make it into like a game. Mm. Like, like, like project runway. Like, okay, bitches eight hours until the runway. Like we got to go. Like let's set up your shelves. Let's do this. Let's put stuff away. And, um, was that fun delegating? And, and it was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, kind of putting because every organizing project, things, every right? project was different. I mean, there'd be days where I would arrive and a store was completed, or there'd be some days where I would arrive and it's like, oh, the lights don't work, like, or there's nothing on the walls. There's in, no construction here. In general, what's the thought process behind putting things in certain places? <gasps> I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> so, um. Merchandising is pretty much advertising. Yeah. But really it it's the it's taking consumer psychology and then strategically placing things where a customer can shop on their own without any help. So that's the idea. So a perfect case study is Target. Target is like the perfect to me, the creme de la creme of merchandising, because to this day, they're still relevant. They've beat out all these other stores and they continue to strive and it's become this popular thing to this day, right? And and I think you, even me, you, you too, you go to Target for toilet paper, you leave with 20 other things that you had no fucking clue why you have all this stuff in your cart. But the the reason being is that their stores and all the products are laid out in a very specific way for you to to buy and consume mm. and to to do it without any help. So to give you an example, when you what target do you shop at? Most likely West Loop. Perfect. Right off of the the Hal, uh Halstead? LaSalle? Uh no. Um it's right off the expressway. It's like two escalators that go up, right? It's by Ashland. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Love that one. You got How many pro- targets have you been to? <laughs> I've been to all of them bitches. Because this ain't close to Genesis. <laughs> it is not. Um, but when, uh, but for um, the previous place I used to work for, yeah, I would have to go to a lot of targets to like pick up things. Okay. So let, let's start off with um, that target. So um, you go up the escalator. And the so the okay so I, the ideas behind stores is that you want to keep consumers in inside the stores as for as much time as possible. Hence, why a lot of stores in general don't have windows. So the idea is that you lose track of time when you're inside. You have windows, but just in the front to let in light to invite you in. And then once you're inside, you the idea is it's a trap. It's a trap. Okay. Right when you arrive, right, you get up to the top of the escalator, the first thing you see is a Starbucks. True. The The purpose of the Starbucks, and this was smart when they partnered with them, is that I'll just take a mom for an example. A mom has her daughter. Maybe she's a little like, ugh, I wish I had a coffee. I have to make two stops. I have to like go get my coffee or go get coffee after Target. So I'm going to rush to get what I need at Target and then go get my coffee. Well, now the coffee is here. 
they started implementing cup holders in their carts. So you can now buy your coffee, put it in the cart, and that keeps you in longer, that keeps you engaged, right? So as you're walking through, there's uh, a place called Bullseye's Playground immediately after. It's like all the seasonal stuff. It's all really inexpensive things mm. to entice you immediately after. I know that's what it's called. Yeah, Bullseye's Playground. <laughs> um, immediately right when you walk in to, to, to put these additional things inside of your cart or your mm-hmm. basket. Mm-hmm. So a lot of retail businesses rely on your units per transaction. So UPT as they call it. So meaning how many items can one person buy on one trip? So the more items you buy, typically your the dollars will go up. So they want to can they want you to buy as many things as you can. So Bullseye's Playground is immediately there to entice you to buy the small, inexpensive things, and you haven't even entered the store yet. Mm. You are at the you are in the lobby, babe, mm. and you're already like, oh, look at this cute, and it's all seasonal, right? Like, oh, look at this little Christmas yeah. tree. Look at this Easter basket. Okay, so using the mom example, she has her baby. Um, she's there for baby supplies. She's there for the diapers. She's there for the baby food. Oddly enough, all that stuff is placed in the center of the store, right? Yeah. So as you're navigating through the store, that mom is going to pass by women's, she's going to pass by beauty, and she's going to pass by, I don't know, like the sporting goods area, like sportswear, women's wear, I should say. So the mom, now she's had her coffee. She got maybe a couple things from the Bullseye's Playground. She hasn't even reached the baby stuff yet, but but she's like, oh, maybe a little makeup. Like, make that while I'm here, let me get a little makeup. Ooh, look at this. Look at these new like active shorts. Like before I even hit the in the women's section. Yeah, let me make this. So now she stopped four times already. She hasn't got what she needed yet. Okay, then she finally gets to the baby stuff, and then right then and there, she got what she needed. Now she can head to checkout. So what what originally started as a trip to buy diapers, she's got a coffee, she's got two things from Bullseye's Playground, she got the shorts, she she maybe re-upped on some makeup, she essentially leaves with seven things. Wow. And that's why it's in the center, and that's why all the women's stuff is like in the center. So Mm. then as as you're traveling around, you hit all these items. Mm. Now let's take, we'll just take like a husband who's like, I really want my TV, it's the in the men, back. Yeah, it's, it's in, in the, the back. back. <laughs> this bitch, and most men don't, they want to be in and out. Yeah. So putting the electronics in the back, electronics, I guess for most men, that is like their highest clientele. Now men are, right, or this demographic is forced to travel throughout the store towards the back. So instead of putting it in the front, electronics used to be in the front of stores before because it was like, this is, you know, these are the hottest things, but they realize that, yeah, we're not, we're not milking as much from this. So we'll take a guy who's buying a TV. He has to pass menswear and grocery on his way to, to get the TV as he's going, maybe pick up some active wear, maybe pick up some clothes. Oh, I got this TV. I need snacks. (laughs) Let me get some snacks. Right. Um, so there, there's so that's what really merchandising is. It's it's it, it's essentially consumer it psychology. Pro- it probably goes double for Black Friday. You know, like just mm-hmm. the things that are on sale are probably past the things that they really want you to buy. Correct. Right? Yes. Yeah. So Costco is another good study too. I'm sure. Oh yeah, Costco is a great one. Those IKEA. Like, yeah. I love oh, IKEA. Rotisserie chicken. Yep. $5 so so chicken. and we can even get granular, right? So for example, if you are even at the grocery store, we'll talk about let's say. 
at the grocery store, you're looking for detergent. Okay. Let's say laundry detergent, right? If you're looking at a shelf, there's maybe six shelves. Tide will always be at eye level. It's going to be right there, and it's going to take up a majority of that real estate on the shelf. And the reason being is that Tide has partnerships with a lot of stores that, hey, not only do we want as many eyes on this as we can, but we want to take as much shelf space so that way we so can... So what are, are they giving the stores a kickback, or what are they doing? Most likely, yeah. yeah. So Tide will always be... In some cases, there might be a whole aisle of Tide, right? So Tide will always be right there front and center, and then all the lower brands, you'll start to see that kind of fall to the bottom mm-hmm. because their best sellers are going to be right at the average height level here. If we think about like grocery or cereal, for instance, all the sugary, tasty cereals are at the bottom because that's where kids' eye levels are. Yeah. So kids will immediately grab that and then, yeah, kind of go from there. But yeah, so even where it is placed on a shelf, that's Absolutely. where- Real estate. You know, people, real estate. Most people don't think of it as real mm-hmm. estate. Yeah. So what comes to your mind uh, with the consumer experience as well as brand recognition? Like if you were to consult with the brand, what would you tell them in order to improve that client experience? Yeah. So I think for a lot of, especially smaller businesses, there's this position of these things aren't selling. So I want to move them to the front so they can sell. Mm. But when you think about that, you're taking away really good real estate for your things that sell the best. Mm. If we take, uh, ESQ, e- ESQ or Esquire? Uh, ESQ. ESQ, for example, right when you walk into his store, the first thing that you see right there are the shirts that yeah. he mentioned, right? He has suits. He sells all that. And I'm pretty sure those suits cost way more than Well, the they're shirt. probably what, they're, what you're coming for anyway, yeah. right? Yeah. But his, he knows his bestseller are those shirts. And that's why they're right there, right when you walk in. They're taking up the most real estate. And then as you navigate through the store, yeah. you get a little bubbly. Mm, yellow comfortable <laughs> let's sit down let's have a consultation this was the first this is the first episode after that that little meetup that we had yeah. and Zenjen today uh said she'd love to host one herself at her salon but uh what what a pleasure to like bring everyone together yeah yeah <laughs> it's honestly but yeah so I think for for businesses really just relying on like what sells the best, like what what is the like iconic product that you're known for, put in the front. Like and, and also organize your stuff in a way that's very enticing and also very easy for individuals but to shop. Especially with Lush. Like do you hit people with like texture and smells yeah. as well as the visual, right? Right. Which right. which I don't know if many you didn't mention this, but like mm. you you wrote all the the chalkboard and i I did did you have good handwriting before that no (laughs) no no i didn't i had to learn i had to relearn how to write um but yeah so if you go to any store here pretty much in chicago if you look at the walls that's my handwriting i essentially did that um and also to a lot of other stores around the u.s and in canada so that that's me i'm that bitch that's amazing yeah and that was honestly one of the funnest parts that was truly that was like the goal the goal was like I remember some, some of my first days working and learning that someone actually wrote that. I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I want to do that one day. And I got to do so it. So you had an end goal in mind. Mm-hmm. That's and, then I, cool. and then I reached the end. You yeah. reached the end. So fast forward to the pandemic. Uh, trash. Trash. Yeah. You were let go. Garbage. You were let go. Uh, you were let go and, <laughs> and you had a string of other jobs afterwards. Yeah. From working from home, answering mm-hmm. people's complaints. Ugh. 
which I, I it was very insightful to see the back end of that. You know, trash. Any, anytime, <laughs> anytime you see someone, or you're on a website and and a chat box box comes up and like, how may I help you? It's like that's Genesis. <laughs> that's me <laughs> at at his previous job. And uh, what was that experience like? Catering, you know, catering to the consumer. It was, it was very. I was very thankful that I was able to secure a job um, at the height of the pandemic. Yeah. Um. Originally, I mean, I got I got my severance, I got my um, unemployment benefits, but I was really nervous that that I don't know what the job market's going to look like. Yeah. I don't know what these benefits are going to look like with the pandemic. So in my mind, I thought it would be more beneficial to just secure a job. At least I'm working. Sure. Like afterwards, right? And I did not like it. <laughs> I mean, I went from traveling the world eating Cheesecake Factory on the company dime to hearing about people's fucking complaints yeah. on the phone or yeah. in chat boxes and whatnot. But what I am thankful for, though, is that I was able to work from home. So, I, you know, okay. I didn't have to travel anymore. So um, and uh, the company that I had worked for was a it was like a smoothie um subscription delivery. So I got like free smoothies and whatnot. So I got free food. So. I mean, bonus, yes, ma'am. Why not? So it was, it was a good gig, but yeah, no. I mean, to be fair, consumers for the most part are yeah, they're idiots. Like mm. the customer, the customer's always right. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, yeah, I, I think that there there is a good way to be a, a good consumer um, when you are whether that be at a restaurant, at a store, and whatnot, just I think just understanding that you are talking to a human being, yeah, uh, and people remove that. People um, will see you as a object. Oof. They will talk. They will as a speak chat to box. you as a chat box, yeah. right? Like, no, bitch. Like, I'm a real. And sure, it w- is. Is that every conversation? Absolutely not. I've definitely had some folks saying like, "Hey, are you real?" I'm like. <laughs> I am. We get philosophical on this chat box. Yeah, yeah, right. And some, sometimes people do, and sometimes people need that. And I think that's what really outweighed some of the the more negative conversations. It's just having conversations about like just just life, right? Yeah. Like how whatever company I was working, how it affected them. Like when I for in this case, like you know, having conversations of like I have I don't have any health food stores near B. So this was a really great way to get healthy food. Yeah, sure. Great. When I was working at Lush, right? Like these things are really helpful for my self care. And I love this stuff. Like this is great. Um, yeah. So, uh, didn't, I, I didn't last very long cause I just couldn't handle the, the, the day to day. So I, it was just so mentally taxing and emotionally exhausting. From my understanding, you had two other jobs after that, both in retail. Mm-hmm. With you bouncing around through these other jobs, like how much of work do you derive fulfillment from? And if you don't find a lot of meaning through work, mm-hmm. how do you do, like what's your motivation to doing good work? Yeah, um, it's very low. I can tell you right now. <laughs> oh God. It's very low. <laughs> to, for For me, work, um, and even, even at, even when my time at Lush too, it's like, you know, I'm, even though that it was probably the most successful career that I had, it's like at the end, at the end of the day, I'm participating in capitalism. I am working for the man. I am like, what does that mean? You want to work for yourself one day? No, 
I want, I'm a human being. I'm not meant to work. I don't have a dream job because I don't dream to work. Okay. Period. Okay. And the reason being is that I, I understand that in this society, in this universe that I am in right now, capitalism, working, corporations, all that, it is embedded in our system. Fine. What, what I get fulfillment from, honestly, is me being able to leave work and understanding that, that after I leave the space, I can now not think about work. I can live my life. I can just rest. I can see my friends. That's what's really fulfilling for me is, is when I, because right, some people leave work, they're like, oh, I'm always thinking about the next thing and, and whatnot. And that's fine. But yeah. I just, I don't like working. But like, here, I don't here, like work. Here's the, switch in, here's the <laughs> switch in perspective. I mean, in this day and age, anything can be work. Yeah. Right? And so wh- what would your dream job look like? And I'm sure your dream job could, in some form, incorporate people that you enjoy working with and respect and look up to. Mm-hmm. You're fairly compensated. You're giving back those things that are ingredients to a sense of fulfillment from work. What kind of job would that look like for you? I have no idea. Yeah. No, but I want to... Oh, sure. There could be a job There like could be that. a job. There, there could, could be. And, and why wouldn't you want to go work for yourself? Because I, then you're in full control. What if this whole thing was a job? What if, what if yeah. I started getting sponsors, right? What if, what if people paid for me to interview people? Mm. On the flip side, I might lose some creative control. People might dictate who and what I talk about. Um, which, you know, that'd be another conversation. But right. I, think, I think if this, I don't get any money from this right now, but mm. what if I have the opportunity to talk to people I look up to and admire and respect and this is my creative outlet and I get, yeah. I get paid to do this? Like, wh- what if, you know? See, I, think, I think for me and like with working in general, it's just I, I, I personally and like my core, core belief is that we are human beings. We're not meant to work. Working to make money is just it. I mean, it's embedded in, uh, like I mentioned, capitalism and like white supremacy and like just because we're fed this idea that we're supposed to work Mm. as humans. Right. We could be living like we can be living like animals. Like I want to be eating mangoes. I'm going to have my titties out by the ocean. That's what we're supposed to be doing. But the fact that we and and you can see we're we're at this place now where the systems are starting to crumble. Banks are failing. Corporations are having all this like stuff. And even if you think you work for yourself, you still don't. Yeah. You're at the mercy of someone else at all times. Yeah, clients. Right? And stuff, clients yeah. and things like that. So those things, it just that it just doesn't It's funny. It's, it's not motivating it's so for interesting me. You and, see that. and wait, and so and let me let me go even further, yeah. right? Someone told me one time, like, you don't dream to be a CEO? No. And if I was, I want to be on the board. I'm like, why? Because the CEO is controlled by the board. So at any moment, I can just be like, you're a bitch-ass CEO. Bye. And now that person's kicked off. Like, really? Like, we're, it's a game, babe. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so I don't want to play. <laughs> I'm not here to play. And for, for me, what, what's filling for me is being able to just do what I need to do and leave so I can just live a very comfortable life. But And what's fulfilling for me, and kind of like I mentioned before, is just like saying fuck you to these systems and embracing my laziness and embracing non-productivity when I'm outside of these, outside of these roles. And and, I mean, what would be really fulfilling for me is honestly just promoting that message, 
just dismantling this idea that I need to be productive all the time. I need mm. to overshare. I need to make money. I need to do all this. You don't have to do any of that. Yeah, I You agree. don't have to, but we, we are in a system where we have to participate in some way. So how, for, for me, it's like, how can you participate while still also taking care of yourself, but not having this mentality of working is the only way I'm going to get to that fulfillment, or I can only get to... I, for me, I can only get there if I'm successful. So at this point, where, where, what are your ingredients to, to a sense of fulfillment? For me, for fulfillment is uh, resting. Love rest in, in all pillars and what is, of it. what does rest look like? So rest, yeah. So I think when, when individuals think of rest, they just think sleeping, mm. right? Or when I said rest, what was your first thought? Just taking a nap? Video games, yeah. Taking <laughs> yeah, a nap, yeah. 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 But rest can be so much more. So that's just physical rest. So that's passive, right? Mm. Like if I take a nap, yes, that is that is a form of rest. Um, but then there's also spiritual rest, right? So for for some, that might be going to church. That might be, uh, you know, like listen. Could be podcasting. Books, podcasting, right? Creative rest. I love listening to music. Like I go to a museum. Like look at some art. Make some art, right? You have social rest. That could be talking with your friends, having yeah. conversations, things like that. And you can do all that for free, right? And and it doesn't have to be monetized. I think that but that that's that's your relationship with money. I think money yeah. money would allow me to do some things. Sure. Right? Yeah. So like for specifically with the EMT class, my big goal for 2024 is to start a nonprofit that expands the awareness of emergency medicine as well as create scholarships for people in financial aid, financial yeah. need. And so I, I, there are people, although we, our tuition is under market value, there are people that still struggle financially. Oh, yeah. Right? So to create a vessel to create scholarships for these people, that takes work. I'm, I'm creating something, right? Yeah. And I'm building a board and all that stuff, and I'm finding grants, and that's hard work. And See, and I don't, like, and then for I, me, I'm like, yeah. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to be horizontal. <laughs> and it's, I'm not saying that I don't value what you're doing right like that's that's not the intent in the conversation i think it's it's like i admire that so much and i i love that people do that you've acknowledged that you have to participate and i don't want to participate but here's the thing what if (laughs) what if you can create systems where you do feel fulfilled in that participation like the happy hour that we did recently that to me was an example that we can create our own systems you can create your own network and you can choose who you do business with yeah i uh, i think what would be really like I think what would be super fulfilling is is just helping people outside of their work life. Like, mm. Mm. like if we were to remove... So what, like a therapist? See, that's different. I'm, you're still, like, like, in a way, sure, but more on this idea of how to really rest, how to, how to not work in the assistant, how to, like, almost remove yourself. So you want to give people advice for free? If I could, yeah, why not? Well, you can. I, I mean, can. You're, I'm doing it right now. You're, you're probably going to do it through your podcast as, <laughs> as you're using you and Melanie as examples of Correct. doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, but, I mean, okay, here's the thing. It's well, like, I don't want like, to make money off of it, truly. And I think, but here's the thing. Yeah. Why not? Because, because people sometimes associate yeah. money with the value of that content. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. I think that that's an issue, right? But it is what it is. It is what it is. But but I think that the mentality of because 
I'm paying for something, then it is worth more. The interesting thing is that a lot of what I know and a lot of what uh, like a lot of other people know who have practiced rest and and self-care, that's free, yeah. right? Like and I I don't want to monetize off of it because it's already things that we don't it it's nothing that we already know. Like we know how to do these things. Yeah. It's just how to unlock it, right? Yeah. And just because I charge people or just because it's a hundred dollars and homegirls is fifty bucks, that doesn't make me better than her. And it does and I think that's the issue with like the value. Not necessarily, system. but we all have bills to pay. We all live in this sure. system. This- Which is and, and that's why for like if I could just get a job that pays my bills, I'm Gucci with that. But what if you were to marry the two? No thanks. Damn, really? No. I'm a Paul. I'm a, I'm I don't want to participate because because that the I will st- because for me then I'm benefiting off of the bodies of these people and I don't want to do but that. But they're benefiting from your service. Well, and it's, that's it's fine. It's a win-win. What, there's nothing wrong the, with win-win situations. There's nothing wrong with win-win, right? But I I just that's for me and like my core values. It's against like, it. And I how just am I don't supposed to give this that. EMT class away for free? As much as I'd want emergency yeah. medicine to be, you know. Everywhere, well, and, especially in third world countries. Well, interestingly enough, like we don't have the mentality of what what life is like out of capitalism. If we took capitalism away, you can do that for free. But how am I supposed to pay the bills? How can I do this for free? Well, and and see, like I think to me that's the issue. Like that's the problem. Like w- the wall is the money thing. Yes, and, and so <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing. But but it's, I think what you're asking is okay. So it's like, well, how then can we still participate, right? Like, and how can we we still do that? Mm. And I I think that for for some for for participating in like entrepreneurship and whatnot, I truly applaud people doing it. It's just not a life for me, and and I've acknowledged that. But you I have just full don't want control to. on who pays for what how much each thing each thing costs who you'd end up doing business with mm-hmm. you're in full control you get to make those decisions sure still no yeah because because ultimately you end up participating in a system that you already don't like for someone else that you are making money for yeah i i would i would rather you'd rather i would rather that's so wild I would rather because I can I can leave at any time. I'm not at the mercy of my clients. I'm not at the mercy of. But you can pick which clients you work with. Well, the, and they can leave at any time. That's true. That's fine. And which is fine. Similar to working for businesses that are already established, I can leave at any time. I can just I can jump from thing to thing, and to me, I, I can get my health insurance. I can get my benefits. Yeah. Gucci, and then after that, I can go get my titties out, drink 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 <laughs> beer by the ocean. That's what I want because. I'm trading in working a nine to five to working 24 hours a day. I, no, thank you. I mean, you're right. I do work 24 hours a day. Period. Don't want to do that. So <laughs> I don't want to. Um, and and then there's more responsibilities and whatnot. I don't like that. So <laughs> and and trust me, people have been telling me time and time again, like you're losing your potential. Like, but you have some. I'm like, eh. I'm like, eh. yes and no. Right. The the thing is, is that. I, I can help the people nearest to me. If you want the help, it's there. I'm okay with that, but I don't I don't need to monetize off of it. I don't want to monetize off my talents. And like I already That's did that. I did it for someone else. I just I don't like it. And I don't I don't want to work twenty four hours a day. I don't want to have to worry about how my business is doing or the eaves and flows of that. I wanna be able to just have something steady. Mm. I think kind of like what um what was her name again from Chili Oil? Like just Sufe. Yeah, just like what Sufe was saying, like 
My bills are paid. I'm Gucci. I'm fine. Yeah. That to me, like, whew, fulfilling. That's like that's yeah. I just I, I like the stability of that. Um, at least for now. You know. Yeah. So maybe I, will I, my mind change? Although maybe. I'm working 24 hours, you know, if maybe. it can feel like that, the freedom that comes with it to be able to do the stuff like this, right? Like the freedom that comes with it, as well as someone. There's no ceiling. Like meaning, like someone doesn't tell me you're making this much this year, and you can only make three percent more next year, if that. Mm. There's no ceiling now. So my revenue, my income depends on how much I hustle, essentially. And now and I, I tow that fine line of hustle culture as well as rest as well. But it, it's all in my, the, the ball's my court. Like, I, it's what I yeah. make of it, essentially. Sure. I get to choose who I partner with. I Anytime a decision wants to be made, it's just one other person I have to ask. Is that. And I can pick and choose which clients, which, which students come in here. And, mm. and you know, so... It isn't for everyone. Um, it's not. And I yeah, appreciate it, you being honest. Oh, about yeah. It. It's not for me. And and truly, like, when, when people... And, and it's not to say, like, do I have that same freedom? And and I think that's another thing. Like, freedom can can look so different for other people. And for me, if, if I got the roof over my head, mm. I got food in the fridge, that's freedom to me. Because mm. most people don't. I don't need more. The ability to bring the dogs to work, like, that to me is huge. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I think that, like... For and and that might also become be being for me like living with less, living with almost nothing. Like, and it, it and even if it isn't like if I can't obtain it, I'll get there eventually. But like, how much more do I need? Right? Like, yeah, I don't feel like I need to have this creative that's control, good. and that's probably at work, yeah, right? Like, yeah. and and even and even then, like, even if I work a nine to five, right? Like, and I think that's and whatnot, it's. Into even even in those cases, it's not to say I don't have freedom. I can still say no. I can call off. I can. <laughs> Last company said you have unlimited PTO. You fucked up. I'm not coming to work. <laughs> and and even then, like right, there's still freedom in that way. You just have to exercise it. And I think that's what a lot of people don't know yeah. is that oh, well, someone has to call off, so I have to go to work. Like uh, no, you don't. Like mm. you still have freedom in that stability, right? Like you don't need to be a business owner to have freedom. Freedom mm. is freedom is free. Like freedom can can and and freedom doesn't have to be monetized either. In my, in my lens, like. Just because you can buy X, Y, and Z doesn't equate to freedom. Like, mm. and and I guess that just depends on your goals, right? Like, if the goal is to do X, Y, and Z, then then yes, then you're you're uh, you're working and doing the thing to to get to the goals. But on another lens, is that freedom? Like, you're hustling twenty four hours a day. You're making all these decisions. Could that be freedom to some? Like, in my lens, it's not. Like, because mm. then you're you're having to do so many things to like do the thing. And I don't see that as, as being free. Cause you're still, it's interesting. You're, you're caught, right? Like yeah. in my mind, you're, you're caught in this, like this businessman, this business acumen and mentality. I'm like, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't seem freeing for me. I don't, yeah, it's, it's so limitless and that's yeah. what's crippling. Um, like I wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet all these individuals had it not been for this, hustle this podcast mm. and even though it's not monetized um i don't know it's just there is something to hustle culture in, in a way I hate it yeah oh my God, of course I hate it so for much. sure and and there's a time and place it's for trash it. there's a time and place for it no <laughs> no don't here's the thing like don't when, hustle when when go to bed when <laughs> go to sleep no no <laughs> well okay here here's here's my thing like i 
Do you think? Do you mm. think some opportunities are once in a lifetime? No. Like, do you think so? So, if you miss it, it's going to come again. Well, if you miss it, can it come again? Mm, I guess, but also, w- give me some examples. Because <laughs> Disney World could be once in a lifetime for someone. Disney World's always there. Oh, in that sen- in the but sense of like, go? can you go? <laughs> I don't know. I, I know a lot of things can be solved by, you know, telling yourself make time for it. Yeah. But some things are so okay, out, but give out me of an your, example. some things are so out of your hands. Give me an example what, of whether, like, let's, uh, let's say once let's, in a lifetime thing. For example, for this podcast, let's yeah, say it's yeah. like a dream, dream guest, a dream guest that you had in mind, you prepped for and they were in town for Chicago and something fell through and you couldn't mm. connect or something like that. I don't know. It's just like one of those once in a lifetime things. Mm. And you don't think, you don't know when the next time they'll be in Chicago or you fucked up and they won't come on ever again. Interesting. So then maybe similarly to Disneyland, that person still exists. He still, he, they are still walking around. They still exist or there. Mm. So then I guess too, it's just making the time for it. So mm. I guess, so I guess once in a lifetime, well, <laughs> I get, I guess every decision is once in a lifetime, right? Like, <laughs> I can die tomorrow, girl. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I was, who was I listening to? I was, uh, I was, maybe it was Rain Wilson again. He, it was another like Thich Nhat Hanh quote, but uh, he was asking what is sacred. Mm. And he, or Rich Roll was asking what was sacred. And Rich, Rain Wilson was like, was like, everything can be sacred. Yeah. Um, and if you're, this, this, the level of sacredness is dependent on the amount of presence you instill in that moment. So whether it's tying your shoes, washing the dishes, if you're fully present in that moment, mm-hmm. that moment becomes sacred. Yep. Um, washing my face is sacred. Uh, that is... Yeah. And believe it or not, people don't... Like, taking a shower, that is so sacred You take, me. like, candlelit showers. I do. I take a shower in the dark every day. <laughs> don't I, ask like, me how I, I know that. <laughs> woo! Like, I light a can... That is... That is a sacred practice for me because it is so recharging and revitalizing. Some people see it as a task. I don't like, or cooking, right? That could be like, uh, I'm just, I just need to feed this, (laughs) this meat vessel I'm in. Um, but yeah, like washing my face, like doing like that is so sacred to me. Being able to go home from work and just like eat and like, I watch that. YouTube. That I is that. so secret to me. And, and and that's another thing is like what we're trying to practice at home. Some sometimes, not every time. We're, yeah. we're guilty of like probably turning on Netflix while we're eating, but uh, eating to eat. Yes, right. In <laughs> like taste all of the food. Like yeah. just yeah, being in those moments. Like I. And see, to me, that is like you see how excited I am to talk about that <laughs> because it's so unrelated to like working it's just okay I, and like all that is bleh, like it's just disgusting i i mean i get it i have to participate i understand but like just people living their lives outside of it just doing what they love, like that is so inspiring to me and and okay. like that that's what fulfills me honestly okay yeah so uh as we round out the end of the episode and you're in your transition phase if you could dream up justine recently showed me uh, a hyperlapse of you playing the sims and just oh. designing <laughs> designing your dream space right so like what uh what are some ingredients or part something that is part of your ingredients to your next like work life like yeah 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 so ingredients to to my next work life. Um, 
I'm not sure right now. I'm I'm still exploring. I think right now I am in a really nice place where it's I'm just existing. Yeah. And I just I love that right now. And I think for for my next place of work I know that it it does have to do something with people for sure. I want to be able to help people just either whether that be in like coaching or something like that mm. and just how to There's lots of nonprofits for that. Maybe like just, just understanding that there is more to life than, than just working and how to separate your identity from work. Sure. To cause right. Some people, some people can't. Oh, absolutely. That's my parents. Some people cannot. And that's what I mean. I'm like, I think being able to educate individuals on this, on the dismantling of, your idea of what you've been told the house the kids the cars the mm. this the business the this was, fuck all that <laughs> was there was there a point where you lo- were looking forward to that yes at times and then i realized mm, there has to be more than this mm. there has to be more than that but also too like i don't live a heteronormative life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's very different for me i mean it that, could be with a husband it could mm. <laughs> I don't want a husband either. I don't want that. I don't want that. I love being single. Let me just say. All right, that'll be a part two. You got to come back for that. Look, being single, babe, it is like, I know what the fuck I'm, I think, honestly, just independence is so fun for me. And and I'm sure based on the history that I just explained, you understand why. Um, But I think being able to educate people on their independence outside of working. Well, and I'm not trying to demonize working or yeah. owning a business, right? Like I'm, I'm really trying not to, but I think just understanding, acknowledging like, yeah, these, these systems are fucked up. And like, here's the thing. And, what, what if you created a nonprofit where you were paid by grant money to do this, not by clients? I don't know. Maybe. Right. So I, well, I feel like, I feel like your issue can, is can, here. Can you call your, someone? Your, your issue is make like it. where the money's coming from. Maybe. I don't know. Well, okay. Here, here's. I, I know that there are individuals in, in life that are like, they can conceptualize, but they can't execute. I okay. know I'm one of those okay. people. Okay. I, I, cannot, I cannot see but the execution. Can you coach other people to execute? Sure. Maybe. <laughs> I can coach people to, I feel like I have really good stance on like vision and things yeah. like that. But like when it comes to execution, sometimes I'm like, I don't, girl, I don't know what I'm doing. But, mm, <laughs> but yeah, I think, that prioritizing self-care and what that means for you and, and how to help people identify where that care needs to be, I yeah. think would be super helpful. Um, and I think <laughs> maybe I do need to be a therapist. <laughs> what do y'all think? Let, let us know. Let me know. Would you come to my therapy? Where, where, <laughs> where can you be found if you want to be found? Um, you can find me on Instagram at ranch dressing blessing. Mm. Mm. Arguably the best condiment. I don't care what anyone says. Um, you can aside, find me aside there. from Shiley Oil. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, y'all. I can eat jars of this stuff right now. I am obsessed. Um, but yeah, you can find me there. Um, and very soon, um, you can also find me and Melanie at the Jen and Mel Show, uh, where we talk about our daily lives, self care, um, and just prioritizing your mental health. 
um, and what that looks like for two individuals who live far apart from I each other. I love it. I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, when, when can we expect it? We should be expecting it hopefully by uh, by the end of the summer. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, Jen, or fall. It was, Jen, it was a pleasure. Oh, my God. Thanks for thanks for being here. No, no, no. Thank, thank you, bitch. Thank you, you, did, thank you for listening, you did, honestly. You did, you did great. I tried. I, I learned a lot about you. I, I actually did not know that perspective on, on work. Because uh, you do good work, right? So it's like it's. I, I, do good, I wouldn't like, have expected and, that. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I love, I love what I do sometimes. But like, mm-hmm. if I could just sit on, I could just be in a forest. It's like we hate this this system, but like you you have to participate. You have to participate, but and and I think participation again. Like, and, and the people so that, the people that truly don't are on the streets, potentially. In a way. In a way, yeah. Right. In a way, yeah. Jen, you'll be back for another episode, I'm sure. Uh, tomorrow. We, we, tomorrow, yeah. We wish you all in this, in this transition phase, this rest <laughs> period of yours. Um, thank you, thank you. And, uh, but yeah, invite me back. I'm ready. Yeah. No, no let's film, let's film glad, right now. I'm glad. Cut it. I'll just change real I'm quick. I'm glad we had this. I'm glad we made this happen. <laughs> I'm glad we made this happen. All right, guys. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>